Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. We're living in a day and age where faith is the only thing that you're going to have on certain times. Because the enemy wants to, wants to wear you out, as I talked about this morning. And he's setting up a, a move to try to destroy the hand of God and try to destroy. But also, it's not just a normal fight against the people of God that we're seeing today. We're actually seeing the last days being set up for the new and the coming kingdom of God that is coming on this place. And I believe that God is about ready to come back. I believe that he is. I, I, I have. And I woke up this morning at 635. I mean, I just sat right up from a dream. And as I was in a. As I was in that dream, just the reality of it, what really burdened my heart this morning was I was dreaming that there were so many people devastated at missing the rapture. And I was touring areas where I was looking at places and looking at people that were coming to churches just weeping because they thought they were ready and they weren't. Because... Listen, there is this, this isn't where, where I believe we are in is the last days. We are living in the days where everybody is, I, I keep in my spirit, it just God keeps resonating these things in my soul. Where until the ark was shut, they kept eating and drinking and being married and giving and receiving a marriage. Life continued normal. Everybody thought everything was okay. And then the rain started falling. And so we, we are living in an atmosphere where today, right now, that we are focused completely upon the fact that God can soon return, and you cannot judge that based upon, well, I mean, things are still happening around here. We still have a country. We still have all these things going on around us that, that we're, everything's all right. Maybe God's not coming back. No, Everything is going to be pretty much normal for the most part. We don't know about our country, but for the most part, normal and giving and receiving merit, things are going to continue on and then it's going to explode. Now let's go to the Word of God and see that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. The title of the message tonight is called The Beginning of the End. Ripped that off of John Hagin. He said that about 1995. That was one of his books. This has nothing to do with that. Reve- uh, re- sorry, I'm going to Revelation 11 later, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. When you find it, stand up with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. As a laborer pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. 
But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Back to what we talked about this morning. And as a helmet of the hope of salvation. Again, hoping in Jesus. For God did not appoint us to wrath. And you need to hold on to that when someone says we're going through a tribulation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray over this sermon tonight. I pray, God, that as we look at our, at our lives today, Lord, we, we take stock of what you are doing in us and around us. And Lord, I pray that this moment in time would be a moment that focuses our eyes upon you, that we may understand the word of God and know that, God, you are soon to return. God, minister to us and let your power fall upon us as of days of old. Lord, I praise you, for God, you have blessed us with the, with the wisdom of where we should go and what we should do. And so, Father, I give you glory and honor and praise for what's going to take place in this place, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. How many of you all saw the series on, it was on Sunday nights, it was just a little bit ago, on the, the A.D. Uh, Chronicles of the Bible? Now, that series itself was kind of, uh, were really, it was a little too violent. I really wanted to show it to my son, but it was a little, little he's a little, it's like a PG-13 Bible show, and uh, it's just a little too bloody. But anyway, there was a, I was watching it, and not everything was biblically accurate, and it, and it just got canceled by NBC, so you can't see it anymore. Um, but they, were, they had the first entire season. And it started Easter night and ran all the way through to a couple weeks ago. And something on the last episode, I hadn't seen it till last night because I'd just been too busy to sit down and watch TV. And as I was watching it, there was something at the, the, the house of Cornelius. You, ever, you remember in Acts, a man called Cornelius, the Roman soldier who, who was the first, one of the first Gentile converts to, to Jesus. And the Bible makes it clear that in Cornelius' house, as, as he receives the Lord, as Peter is preaching, he begins, the Spirit of God falls in that room, and they begin to speak in tongues. And they showed that on TV. And I thought, I ain't never seen that on TV before. I was, you know, one of those Pentecostal laps around your living room, you know. They, the power, and it showed the fire filling up that place. And I thought, well, praise God, somebody got something right. Now, I can tell you there's a lot wrong in that series. But that was one thing they got right. And I thought, my goodness, I wish we could, this show would still be on TV. And that's, my wife goes, she's a little pessimistic. She goes, that's probably why they canceled it. They had that on TV. But there was, 
it was just a powerful thing. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm, uh, as I just kind of listening. I haven't even finished the episode. I haven't had time. But after that point, the, the reality of it is that God is trying to get people the truth of what's really out there in the Word of God. That what is really, that is there, that is in the Word of God. I was kidding to my wife. I said, there's a whole lot of people that just ran to the Bible to see if that was really in there. Because it was. It's in there. Peter, Peter explains to the church in Jerusalem, listen, they are Christians because the same spirit that fell on us, and they, and they showed the upper room, them speaking in tongues too. I forgot about that. They did that too in the early part of it. They showed the fire of God filling that upper room and just them standing there speaking in other tongues. Man, it was wonderful. I thought great, but it was, like I said, it was a PG-13 Bible show. I didn't really care for that part of it. But anyway... The reality is, is that Spirit of God wants to work His signs and wonders. Jesus wants to work His signs and wonders in the church today. He wants this church to be on fire for Him. He wants us to go forward. But when we compromise, when we compromise, we do not see the workings of the Holy Ghost in the house of God. We do not see the workings, but I want you to hear something in the Gospel of Mark. The Bible tells us in the last, latter part of Mark, Mark chapter 16, the Bible says, Jesus speaking in verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So the, what this is saying is saying that the evidence that there is belief in the church, these signs will be there. Number one, number one, in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, we're not going to pull out the snakes or anything. That's not what we're going to do here literally with this. What this is saying is that when the enemy comes against you and the things that he tries to set against you in your life, he is going to be thwarted by the power of the Holy Ghost. That you don't, that you're going to see these powerful things. They will speak with new tongues. God is going to empower them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them. And the Lord is going to speak through them. I can tell you the spot when I, when I, I love youth camp. I'm glad we support youth camp here in this church. One of the powerful things about youth camp is that a lot of your preachers that are in Church of God churches today have, were called at youth camp. I remember when I was 14 years old, I was walking down the campsite where we had camp there in Ohio. And as I was looking up in the sky, the sky I was just kind of after a service at night, the Holy, I kind of, I, I would call it stammering lips. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, I really wasn't speaking in tongues, but there was something going on, and I just needed to let go and let God. You know what I'm talking about? Well, anyway, I was about 14 years old, and I was coming out of there, and as I walking down there, I looked up into the sky. I looked right at the big old full moon that was there, and all of a sudden, I just knew that God, had, right then, that I was going to be a pastor, that God had called me into the ministry that night. 
and, and I see this over and over and over, but I could take you to the spot when, when I was 17 years old in my church, I was standing about kind of right here on the stage, the, and we have it kind of set up like it. Piano was over there. I was standing here. We were singing in a singing group, and man, the fire of God hit me, and I began to, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost before I even knew what hit me because I got up out of there. You know, I looked around. I was thinking, there's something going on here, but I don't know what's happening. And then I realized I wasn't speaking in English. You know, that's the power of God. You come into yourself. I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about here tonight? The fire of God. Speak with tongues. These are the things that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life. These signs should happen in the church. Now, this church I ain't got to worry about. I've come in some Church of God churches, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure about this, but you walk in here, and sometimes the fire's here, and we we're, we all baptized around here, mostly anyway, and God is in this room, and God wants to either baptize you or get you baptized or get you under the fire of God, but this isn't a Holy Spirit baptism sermon, but I want to get to a point here, that we need to have the fire of God in our lives the church needs to have these signs following them because it is the hour is desperate around us. We need to get away from this concept of playing games and, and, and just coming to church to have church because we have perfected the art at singing at God but not singing to God. I mean, we can sing it, God, better than we can do a lot of things. I mean, we can, we can come in here and do a lot of things throwing it towards God, but we're not actually singing to God, and we're not getting into His presence. And, there, and you can see the difference amongst people because there are some people that they'll be, the presence of God will just be all over them, and the next person, they're just looking around thinking, what's going on? Because you've got to have worship in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. And when we have the, the, this, the passion of the, of the Holy Ghost in us and running through us, we're going to be passionate about God our Savior. We're going to be passionate, passionate about Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Ghost will always point to Jesus Christ. I say this because today I believe that with that show and other things, today God is trying to get the word out of where the true church is. Because there are so many false things out there. And there are many, too many people are going to be left behind. The, the way to hell is broad. And there are many, many people walking down that road. The way to God is narrow. Few find it. I, I spoke to you about the, the, the thing that disturbed me the most about the parable of the of foolish virgins was that they all, they all were invited to the feast. They all had their wedding garments on. They all were ready to go except five of them didn't put oil in their lamps. So five, five of them thought they were ready to go. And, but when the call came... Five went and the other five were left behind. That's disturbing. And so then you look in Matthew 24, Jesus is trying to get this point. One's going to be taken, one's going to be left. Over and over you see one out of every two people is going to be left behind. There is going to be a multitude of people that are going to be left behind because they're not looking for him. 
The reality is, is that you need to live every single day as if today he's going to return. You need to prepare your life in case he does not return. You know, because if I know that I know that I know that I know that he's coming back tonight, there's a lot of things I ain't going to worry about. But at the same time, God, we don't know that, so we keep living our lives with, with one concept, with one toe in this world saying, okay, God, until you come, I got I to gotta eat, I got to work, there's things I got to do. But my whole body wants to be over here. My mind, my heart, my soul, my citizenship is in heaven, and this world is not my home, and I'm going to live this world because this is where, you, where I am at this moment, but I am looking and expecting and looking forward with great anticipation the day you call us home. I say this because I'm about to drop some things on you that's going on right now in current days. And so... We see in Revelation chapter 11, if you would turn in your Bibles over there, we do have it on the screen. Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says, then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. Leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now, what is this passage of Scripture? This passage of Scripture describes the first 42 months or the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. We are, the tribulation period is a seven-year tribulation. It is known as the wrath of God. This is why I pointed out to you 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. We will not see the wrath of God. I mean, we can do one of them Pentecostal loops here in a minute. We don't have to worry about all the things, most of the things that are in Revelation because we're not going to be here. Well, I'm telling you about it, but I'm not going to be hanging out here to watch. You see, now what we hold to and what we see now is that the, we are looking, there's, one of, there's a couple of things that are left prophetically that needs to happen in order for that portion of Scripture to be fulfilled. And one of those is the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, if you don't understand, remember Bible history, Solomon built the first temple. Then they built the second temple after they came back from exile, which was kind of puny. It was, it was not even close. The Bible says that those that remembered the old temple wept while those that built the new temple rejoiced. So there was equal amount of weeping and rejoicing at the same time. If you missed that passage, it's, it's heartbreaking and powerful all in one because many times the, the younger generation does not recognize that what they have is not even close to what grandpa and grandma had. There's a whole other story in there. So Solomon built the temple first. It was destroyed. Second temple, exile temple, it comes back. It is, it is there. Now, the temple was, was laid waste by Antiochus Epiphanes, I think, in, oh man, history, 156 B.C. Oh, pray, I hope that's right. It's close. 
Anyway, he takes a pig and sacrifices on the altar, thus eliminating the temple from temple work. So what Herod does is that as he comes along, Herod, one of the first things he does as, as, a, as an appointed governor over the land of Judea, he takes his, upon his task to cleanse the temple, and it's ritually purified. They go through the steps of purification, and then he builds this enormous unbelievable temple. And if you go to Jerusalem and you look at Temple Mount, you can see the walls and the different stones that are in the walls and how you can measure what was the original Solomon's temple and what was the exile temple. And then you can see the ornate stones at Herod's temple that we usually call it. Herod's temple was the temple that Jesus was there, was around when Jesus was there. It was destroyed in 70 AD. Uh, and, that's, and that's the prophetic thing that Jesus is speaking of in Matthew 24. That temple was wiped out, totally leveling that place. All, I was doing some archaeology study, and I, I had a chance to go to Israel and never did to dig up some stuff. That would have been fun, but I couldn't get away for five weeks. I was preaching. Man, I wanted to go play in the dirt so bad. But anyway, they have pictures of the stones. All the way up until 1948 and 1950, when Israel was restored, right there on Temple Mount, they have these pictures, and I was looking at them, that, they, that my professor was, was showing us. They were just laying there, where they were turned over, just like Jesus said they would be, and prophetically saying they would be, and there they were, these big stones that they had not been cleaned out. Now, if you look at that same area, the wailing walls, what they call it, that's all cleaned up. It looks real nice there, but that wasn't that way just a few years ago and so they've cleaned it up and nowadays they're looking forward with great anticipation uh, of the temple and so they have this institutes that are out there that are that are there to purify the temple mount and they're ready and wailing and the moment that the opportunity comes they're going to begin this process of rebuilding the temple. And they take this serious because if, you have, if you're there and if you see the, the wailing wall, how many of you don't want to talk about when I speak about the wailing wall? That wall there, it's the western wall. It's there right there. It's the only thing left of the old temple. If you see a picture over it, you can, you can see they'll take their request and they'll put it into the wall and they'll, they'll pray over that. Right now, if you're a Jewish person and you're Orthodox Jew and you send an email to one of those rabbis over there, they'll put your prayer request in the wall. That's cool. They won't do it for me, but they'll do it for you. It's, it's powerful to see that they are serious about this. The Temple Institute, what, we don't, what many people don't know today, is that they are finished, to my knowledge, with all the articles that are supposed to be in the new temple. They have built them all. Now, what have they have now? What the one thing, the one thing that they were lacking was the red heifer. Did you just say that, brother? I heard it. And they just did not. What's the date today? Is it twelfth or the thirteenth? Today's twelfth. They just announced on the 12th, so that's what it, so it was today. After 2,000 years, they got their red heifer. 
They haven't had one for 2,000 years. One more time, I'm going to run here in a minute. Wait, why? Because they, I mean, there are red cows everywhere in the United States. That's not a new thing. But they have not had one that was raised in the appropriate manner. And I had a video, but we couldn't get it to work. Of the of their of their what do you call a thing of cows? I don't know. Yeah. And they're out there. And they have them. And they are inspecting them right now, tonight, today. And they they are saying, we now have the red heifer. Now, what's important about a red heifer? If you read in the Old Testament, the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer were the requirement that needed to be spread over the temple articles to purify it before God. And if those things were not in proper place and in order, then then the powerful thing is is that they, they could not implement. Now they have all the temple items built. They have everything ready to go. All they need were the ashes of the red heifer to sprinkle over them, and then they were ritually pure. And for the first time today, and it's more powerful than I thought. Today is the first day, the July the 12th. I thought it was yesterday. Today is the first day that they have a red heifer. 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Mm. We, we are living in an atmosphere where you, you don't have any idea how near you are. I believe Jesus, I believe Jesus is already ready to step out on that cloud. We, we will not see, we will not see tribulation, we will not see wrath, we will not see these things. I'll let me read it to you again. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Lord Jesus Christ. We will not go through the tribulation, but we will see everything lined up to that moment. We'll see, as Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians, we will see the man of lawlessness revealed. We'll see, we'll know that, we'll, we won't maybe not know who these are Christ, but we will know there's somebody on the stage. And right now, there's somebody out there. If we are this close, somebody on the world stage is that person. Right now is Antichrist. And maybe maybe that he's an intern somewhere, I don't know. But somebody is ready to step out and be this person that the world is looking for. And I am looking very, very closely and I said this Wednesday night a little bit. I am looking very closely at Greece. I'm, I, prophecy is kind of, I'm one of these weird prophecy nuts. And so if, you've already, if you're upset, I apologize. Because I'm going to preach prophecy a lot. But the, Bi- the Bible is clear about what's going to take place in the last days. There's going to be a temple. And they, I am watching these current events. And, and it's almost like reading the Bible to me. Because I see all the things that are happening around. The, and I go to the Word of God. And I see this in the passage of Scriptures here. And we, we more and more and more. Let me, let me, there's something I want to say here. One thing that they're going to need in the temple is called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I don't know if this claim's true or not, but it, it was cool when I read it. The Temple Institute, somebody put out there, because Temple Institute a few days ago, they put out a big press thing. 
they said, they said, listen, we got something we're going to share with the world in two days. And everybody went nuts. And then they said about this red heifer. I read it this morning. I didn't realize it was the first time it had ever been published. I thought it was a couple days ago. But the red, but so so this one guy goes, that's it? You mean the big revelation was this red cow thing? That's what you were trying to tell us? He said, what about the Ark of the Covenant? And one of these rabbis over in Israel answered him. And I thought, whoa. Because he answered him and he said, we already know where the Ark of the Covenant is. We're just not going to get it until the temple's built. And I thought, what? (laughs) I read that again. I read it twice just to make sure I read that right. I said, you know where it is? You know right where it is, and, and there are theories in that, and you can, you, there's theory be, beyond theories out there, but these guys are saying that have built the temple products, that, know, that are ready to purify them, that are ready to build the temple over in Jerusalem, they're ready to go, and they, they claim, we have the Ark of the Covenant, we're just not going to let anybody know until it's ready to be put there in the temple. I'm telling you, we are. The last moments, the last seconds of the very moment before Christ returns. Now, what Israel needed to be was wealthy. They needed to be wealthy because in order to build this temple, that it was even close to some of the old temples, it was going to be, it was estimated about $500 billion in order to build this temple the way it was in the Bible days, if they do it that way. And so you're, you're looking at uh, you're looking at an expense. And now what we have seen is the prosperity of Israel. We've seen the growth financially of Israel where other, these other nations are, are surrounding them. And, and they, are, they are ready to, they're, they're ready to just wipe them out because they're jealous of the land that they have. All this is there. And, and, but the major, the major fight against them is Islam, and otherwise known as, in my opinion, the spirit of Antichrist that is out there. What is significant about this? If you look at Revelation chapter 6, and you look at the, you look at the four horsemen of, of Revelation there in chapter 6, you got a white horse, you got a red horse, you got a black horse, and you got a green horse. And if you look on any, any flag from overseas and those Islamic nations, what colors are going to be on that flag? They're going to be black, they're going to be white, they're going to be red, and they're going to be green. White, black, red, green. They're all these colors. All of this is pointing to something very powerful. I was looking at the... I was looking at Mecca. Now, Mecca is in Saudi Arabia, so we don't see a lot of, lot of images that come out of there. And they have this thing. And I was showing this other video that I was showing my wife the other day where they're right at Mecca, this, go, this box there that they kind of pray. You ever seen that black box they all gather around? And uh, they, they gather around and bow to it. It is, I will show you guys this video sometime. It is an unbelievable horrific environment where you're seeing uh, you're seeing this this religion that is against Christ against us against those they are literally beheading people over there which in revelation says that if you don't bow down they're going to behead you the martyrs are going to lose their head in a, in a tribulation period 
Because there's going to be a significant amount of people, as I said, opened up with, that are going to be left behind, that are going to know what just happened. That the bride of Christ went up, and we're not here. And those that are left behind are going to know this just took place. And they're going to, whatever they're going to do, they're going to give their lives in this, in this atmosphere. You think, that, you think it's going to be rough right now in the church in America? They're already setting us up for attack. They're setting us up to be wiped out and try to take us down in the church world through many different ways of, 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 of legal manners and trying to get us. I mean, there are some horrific stories I don't need to go into right now, but they are literally setting up against the churches to bring every church down. There's a movement out there that wants to wipe us out. Freedom from religion. I, I put on my, last week, remember I told about John Locke and how we have the appeal to heaven and the July 4th. I put that out there. There was a senator from Arkansas. I tweeted that out. He retweeted my tweet. That's kind of an interesting statement there. I don't think I've ever said. He retweeted my tweet over in Arkansas because they're flying that flag, which I didn't know, over a particular courthouse in Arkansas. And he, I, I put that statement out there, and he, he was tweet saying what I was saying, that these, these freedom from religion people are trying to pull that flag down out of Arkansas. And he's pointed out through my text that this is a historical document that we are appealing to God and this country is based upon Christian values. All this attack is happening around us that we're not seeing, that, that, that well, you're seeing because I'm telling you about it, but, and some of you have seen it on your own, but we are, we are living in a day that the time of Christ's return is near, nearer than it's ever been before, as Paul would say. Let me give you some current events right now. Right now, these happened within the last week that ought to get you awake. Why am I? I'll tell you why I'm doing this in a minute. First thing, on Wednesday of this last week, the New York Stock Exchange, United Airlines, Wall Street Journal were all taken down by unexpected technical glitches. Authorities came out quickly assuring us that hackers were not responsible for any of this. Sure, that's truth. While at the same time, we also saw 21 million social security numbers from our men and women of armed forces were exposed by hackers. Same week. I don't think it's a coincidence. Then we go on. In China, I told you this Wednesday, in China, a full-blown stock market crash is happening Right now. Right now. In fact, before I give you the numbers, they have, they have limited, because they're communists and they can do this, they have limited the major businesses from selling any stocks for six months. Because they're in, they're, their economy's dead. They own all of our debt, y'all. If the guy that owns your debt needs money and he calls it in, you're in trouble. The Shanghai Composite Index has plummeted more than 30% in June. In June, the Chinese version of our NASDAQ has dropped more than 40%. The amount of wealth that has been lost is 15 times greater than the GDP of Greece. $3.5 trillion. In one month. 
gone. Just the other day, hackers hacked into a German service-to-air missile battery. And I, I don't want to give you any more details on that. I got a whole list of things about that. But they, they, they hacked into this service-to-air missile battery, and they, like the ones that were around the Turkish-Syria border, and they started giving them unexplained orders for the area. And if you got to study Syria, there's a big thing going on right now. Number four, Barack Obama said at the beginning of the week of last week that we're speeding up our training, quote, we're speeding up training of ISIL forces. I was like, aren't you supposed to say American forces? He said that. It's on camera. I'm sure that was just a slip. Did you hear what I said? You want me to say it again so you hear it? We're speeding up training of ISIL forces. <laughs> Whoops. Just a few days ago, okay, I told my wife, I said, you know what, baby? Now, I'm not going to give you economic advice because I'm not, I am not an economist nor the son of one. So, I, 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 you know, I'm going to live my life. You live your life. You do what you need to do. But I told her, I said, babe, I'm thinking about buying some silver. And I said, it's low right now. I looked on the price. What's the price of silver? At that time, I looked at it. It was like $15 an ounce. And I thought, man, that's pretty cheap for silver. Because just a little while ago, a few years ago, it was around $30 an ounce. And, and I was looking at it. I said, I'm thinking about buying this. And, and she said, well, where are you going to buy silver? I said, well, the American Eagle Coin. 99% silver. You just buy that. In America, you just get that. And you can um, co you collect them. and They're worth $15, the uncirculated kind. And so as I was looking through this, I found this. The U.S. Mint announced that they were completely sold out of the American Eagle silver coins on the exact same day. They, that's my luck, you know. The same day. That the price of silver hit a new low for 2015. Now, if, the, if you're sold out of something, it shouldn't be at its lowest value. If I'm a businessman and I got something that you want, I'm going to jack it up a little bit. I'm not going to gouge you, but I'm going to increase the cost at least 50 cents. I'm going to make some money off this thing if I'm a businessman. I'm going to, and everybody's that way. When you, have, when you have a demand that is significantly high and you got a limited supply, what happens? Price goes up on everything, but not silver. And you know why? Because all these rich guys in Greece, they went, why are we out? Because they were buying all of our silver. And somehow it stayed way, way down. When you have a whole bunch of people buying something and the price of silver stays at a low point, there's something going on, y'all. Hey, I'm keep going. On June the 30th, there was an unexpected blood moon seen over in a significant portion of the United States. Does anybody know what a blood moon is? When the moon looks like it's red. Now, we are, we are in a four-trad blood moon that I'll talk about closer to September. And what that simply, these things are, 
aligning themselves up with Jewish festivals. Well, what, what, but anything can cause a blood moon. And what we have seen is that, in, and it has been so dry in northern parts of Canada that there have been forest fires that have caught fire. And June the 30th, all of a sudden this smoke had come down out of the north and covered a good portion of the sky of the western United States. And when they looked up and looked at this moon, it looked red. Three days after the Supreme Court gave their ruling. For the first time a couple weeks ago, in 2,000 years, again, 2,000 years, there's these two planets. It was during the time of uh, uh, close to 4th of July. There was these two planets called Venus and, uh, Venus and Jupiter. And they had crossed paths to our eyes. And what happens is that all these astronomers were calling it the Bethlehem star. Because these two planets crossed paths. And when you looked up into the sky, the star lit up. I got a picture of it on my phone. It lit up. And it was this bright, beaming star-looking thing. It was two planets right next to each other. And it was lighting up the sky that night. And they called it the Bethlehem star because they said it has not happened in 2,000 years. I mean, just one of these things by itself is kind of, you know, what not a big deal. But when you start listing these things, I'm telling you, current events, blood moon, three days after the Supreme Court, our con- all these strange things happen in our economy, all these, all this, this, these uh, economic things happening in China and these, these hackers getting into these missile places as well as our stock exchange going down and all these different things happening around us. Now, I got some more. NASA came out. How many of you know that there's going to be something called Wormwood, right? Revelation. There's some kind of meteor, comet, something, big old rock's going to come out of the sky and hit the planet. Whatever you want to call that, that's going to hit us. And the Bible tells us in Revelation, when it hits, it's going to literally wipe out a third of the vegetation and several things are going to take place. Okay? NASA says that they know of no asteroid or comet on a current collision course with Earth and that there is no large object that is likely to strike earth at any time in the next several hundred years. So because there's no problem and there's no trouble ahead of time, they have decided that to partner with the National Nuclear Security Administration to figure out a way to use nuclear weapons to destroy asteroids threatening our planet. And they're spending billions and billions of dollars. If there's nothing coming, why are you spending the money? All right. Maybe, I don't know. Man. I'll give you, Obama's put out 19 secret directives that he's planning on doing. Anybody won't tell the general, direct, the general public what it is. I'll give you the headline if you want it. Pope Francis is going through. And he has, on this whirlwind tour, 
And he is calling for a new world order. And he says, quote, a new econ economic and ecological world order where the goods of the earth are shared by everyone, not just exploited by the rich. Oh, my goodness. Now, the significance is, is that a lot of these, there has to be, and there has to be a false religious atmosphere that people are going to buy into and immediately following immediately following the supreme court ruling in the united states we've seen one we see three or four major mainline denominations line themselves up with the homosexual movement the bible says in the last days he will send strong delusion Strong delusion. Things that they would have never, ever did 15 years ago, they are beating down the door to do. Within one generation, they have turned their back on their own foundings and their own biblical principles. We're seeing in, in just one week's time all these major mainline denominations in the United States following after this. And now, the significance of the, the Greek thing going on here, and I left that one for last because we don't really know what's happening, but we do know that it has got everybody jittery. Because what's going to happen is that if they go down, then Europe goes down. And when Europe goes down, we go down. But China's already going down. And so what, what is the only thing left? The only thing left is one world currency. And on October the 20th, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, is going to vote to see whether or not they're going to cease using the dollar as the world currency this year. If that happens, the value of your dollar in your bank, forget it. Now, have I got you concerned? The reason why, I'm just telling you what's in the news. But what do you hear about? You go on the news and you watch these people that want to be women that are men. You see, you see these, you talk about a baker or something up in Oregon. Or you see this nonsense going on in this thing. And they have, you got all this junk and filth in the news because that's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth that's going on. They don't want to see that our country's in bad shape, our world's in bad shape, and they don't want to hear that Jesus is coming soon. They don't want to see the thing, the stars in the sky that God is telling us about. They don't want to see all these events. They want to put their heads in the sand and pretend none of it's happening. They want to pretend all this isn't taking place. If, if, I, if, if we would put this on the news... I'm telling you, if I told you, if I put this around, around East Point that I was going to talk about this tonight, I bet you we probably would have had a house full. Because I'm not, but listen, I, the Lord is going to give me what I'm going to preach. And I'm not going to be out there. If you want to come to the house of God, you need to come to the house of God. 
You don't need to be basing upon whether somebody's going to preach about something or not or this, that, or the other. You need to come here not to hear a man and not to sing a song, but to seek God and God and Lord. Because that's what's going to get you through this thing. We're going to, we're going to, I mean, there will be times that we'll advertise things and all that stuff, but I'm telling you that it's about Jesus and we're out here to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We're about going after the kingdom of God and doing these things. And there's so many more that are happening around us that I don't have time to get into tonight, but I'm telling you beyond a shadow of a doubt that I believe we are seeing Christ ready to return in a moment of a twinkle of an eye. I started there and I'm going to end there. And I want to go back a couple verses. It's not up there. But right before Paul says in chapter 5 verse 1, he says this in chapter 4 verse 13. But I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him these who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord therefore comfort one another with these words. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's give God praise in this room tonight. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.